It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? FFFSSS.com. At FFFSSS. Twitter and Instagram. Twitch.tv slash AJNick3. Uh, we're going to do the box pool drawing on Twitch. We'll do it on Instagram, too, as well. Um, so that'll probably be the next Twitch stream. will be the uh, number drawing extravaganza for the box pool. So Twitch.tv slash AJNick3. And then same uh, handle for Instagram will be the... the um, can't get my mic set up here. There we go. All right. Uh, we'll be the site for those uh, those uh, streams. So we'll do that. I would say probably the Friday night before Super Bowl. I usually do the the drawing. So pools are starting to fill up. So if you want to get involved, please reach out and get involved. So that is uh, the top of the show. I feel much better. Um, you know, ready to do a full show. Unlike last Thursday where we just did the NFL games. And I was like, I got to get out of here. I, I was... I was banged up there, but we're all right now. We're much better now. Uh, so on this Tuesday edition of the pod, we're going to do coaching decisions from the divisional weekend. I'll look at four um, decisions from the weekend where we can deep dive. I got some coaches quotes here that I want to touch on. So we'll do that in the kickoff, then into our full NFL divisional round recap game by game, drive by drive, and all of the statistics that you need to tell you the story of those games from the previous weekend into our weekend uh, coaching carousel. I got I got news there. We got to talk about some coaches there with the NFL coaching carousel. Then a weekend soccer recap and uh, a little bit of midweek. And then college basketball and a little golf talk at the end of the program. So that is the docket for this one. Uh, big show on this Tuesday. Coaching decisions from the divisional weekend. Then a full recap from the divisional round before games and then NFL coaching carousel, weekend soccer recap, some college basketball, and some golf at the end of the program. Kick it off. Coaching decisions from divisional weekend. We start on Saturday night. Um, I I haven't seen a lot of this. I've seen a little bit of it, but we'll we'll be quick on this one because I don't think this one is the end all be all. Now I understand they're not down a ton of points, um, and you have the two timeouts. But it's LaFleur against Shanahan. They're friends. He's not going to call those two timeouts. He's not going to make them snap the ball in the rain twice to just kneel it out and prolong the the inevitable kind of thing. And I think that's where, and especially because LaFleur, LaFleur almost met him at the hash. <laughs> the way he sprinted across the field there um, for the handshake between him and Shanahan. So the first one, LaFleur not calling the two timeouts at the end of the game. And I know I saw Stephen Shea, shout out Stephen Shea from the Yak and Barstool basically like, make him snap it in the rain, make him snap it in the rain. I get what you're saying. I understand the sentiment that maybe it slips and maybe you can get... I think you're asking for a fight there if you play those snaps out like that and call timeout. Like, you're asking for your team to get jawed at and then one of what if you're, one of your guys is a hothead and throws a punt. You know, that's the last thing I think you want. And especially that game was getting pretty chippy, uh, even though the coaches are friends. It's, it's competitive football. It doesn't matter if your coaches are friends. You still want to beat the crap out of the other team. Um, but... Him not calling two timeouts in the game, I'm not necessarily fuming about if I'm a Packer fan. And as a neutral watching that game, I I don't I, I didn't expect him to call the timeouts, to be honest. Like, I see people being like, call the timeouts. What's wrong with you? You have them. What, are you going to take them into the offseason? Well, apparently, yes. 
Apparently, he's going to take him into the offseason uh, because LaFleur did not call the two timeouts. Now, what happens if you call one and they do get the fumble? Hey, God bless. But I just, especially because of the kneel down existing, that play existing, like if you if the kneel down didn't exist, right? If we're, we're talking pre-Herm Edwards here, right? If that doesn't exist and you say, okay, they got to hand the ball off a couple times, sure, try it. I, I don't blame you for calling, but they're going to kneel it out. There's, I believe there was less than 40 anyway on the clock, if I'm not mistaken. So it wasn't like um, there was a ton of time left, if even if they call the timeouts. They're just going to kneel it on third down anyway. It doesn't matter. So it would have just prolonged the inevitable. I, I see some people, because of the two timeouts factor and the score of the game, being like, how do you not extend the game? Like, I'm going to tell you they didn't want to extend the game. So that's number one, the uh, game on Saturday night. LaFleur not calling the timeouts at the end for the Packers as the Niners were kneeling the ball out. So, takes us to number two. And three, to be fair, because these are from the same game. It's Tampa and Detroit. And down the stretch of this one, you had Tampa Bay going for two down eight. Analytics say it's the right play because the two-point play is basically 50%. If you need a touchdown anyway, so if you get the first one, you can win the game with the second touchdown. If you don't get it, you still have a two-point play to tie uh, if you get that touchdown. And we saw the Packers do it. We saw the Titans do it earlier in the season. So it can be done and it has been done and it's going to continue to be done in this NFL going forward because everybody's obsessed with analytics. And here's my thing about analytics. And it's been my thing about analytics. It's the first time I heard all these advanced statistics and all this. Here's my thing. Should analytics aid your decision-making? Can it help you in certain situations? Sure. I'm all right with that. But for me, at the end of the day, are these games being played on Excel spreadsheets or are they be playing, uh, been playing uh, by humans on the field? Human beings. Not Excel sheets. Not cells. Not formulas. Okay? So that's where I lose the analytics for me. And you say, well, AJ, you're just this guy who likes to play the games and you don't you're right because here's the thing guys as someone who has basically played every team sport there is out there especially in America okay growing up playing pop Warner, baseball basketball I played a little hockey um, lacrosse I play a lot of team sports okay I play a lot of team sports and it for me yeah X's and O's are very important but it's also about Jimmy's and Joe's there's a reason that's a saying, right? So I understand the numbers. I'm not a math guy. I understand them. It's gotten explained to me hundreds of times. I see it on people on Twitter saying, oh, this is the right decision. If you can only point to it working out twice, I don't know if it's the right decision. And here's what I'm going to say to that. And again, they just, the two-point conversion is a 50% play. Says who? Says who? Because I'll tell you what, folks. I've seen a lot of two-point conversions never be converted from teams that have horrible plays from the two-yard line. And then I also see some teams who are very good at it. And Steelers always had a great two-point play with Tomlin. They always had that kind of two-point play in their bag with Ben, right? They had something going on from the two-yard line. The thing that bothers me, guys, is all the people, Greg... Olson, Mina Kimes, all these, and great, they do great jobs. I'm not trying to, um, 
I'm not trying to knock them about their do, but the 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 smugness, the oh, you don't get the math. This is what you're supposed to do with the percentages. Oh my God! Enough already. Enough already. And I got news for you. If you don't get the first one and you get the second one, you tie in the game anyway. So why don't you kick two extra points? Well, if you get the first one, you can win the game. You're guaranteed. Here's another thing in the scenario. You score two touchdowns. Everyone scores. Who? How does everyone score two touchdowns? Well, if you're down 14, you're going to need another score anyway. How many times has that team gotten the ball back after doing this? Nonsense. Is that 100% of the time, Mr. Analytics? Is that 100% of the time, Mr. Spreadsheet? I think we lose sight that these games, these sports, these competitions are played by human beings who are not Robots. Now, yes, can analytics help us with statistics, probability? Sure. Sure. It can't be the end-all, be-all. And I got, P- I didn't watch the PTI thing, but I saw Greg Olson tweet it, be like, it's not lazy. Here's the thing. Here's Will Bond and Corners. I don't even have to watch the video. I know what their point is. I don't even have to watch the video. I know what they're, ready for their point? Well, every fourth down, they say go for it. Every two-point conversion, they say go for it. So is that just what analytics is? Hey, listen, that's a fair take. I'm going to tell you that right now. Because how many times have you seen that stupid score bug on ESPN and Joe Buck go, fourth and three from the whatever, it's a, it's a, analytics says go for it. Have they ever said punt? Have they once said punt? Honestly, that's what I'm asking you. It's got to be 4th and 35 from your own 2-yard line. And then it's, hey, a punt. Yeah, punt that one. Is that what we're doing? So I'm, I'm sorry. I can't do it anymore. And it's just the smugness. It's just, oh, you don't get the math. Oh, my God. Like, it's automatic that you're going to get the touchdown. Like, it's automatic you're at least going to get one of the two points. Well, here's a question, folks. What happens if you don't get the second one? Now you need three scores instead of kicking two extra points and going overtime. What happens if you don't get either one? Because it's a 50% play, so if we don't get the first one, we automatically are going to get the second one. So you can have this strategy. That's fine. My point is it can't be the end-all, be-all with this analytics because every fourth down, they say go for it. Every two-point conversion, they say go for it. Every Enough. Enough. With the analytics. Because unless we get a freaking robot with a headset that's connected to an Excel spreadsheet that's doing the buttons and calling the plays, I don't want to hear about it anymore. I'm sorry. I didn't think I was going to get this fired up. But I keep seeing, oh my God, Greg Olson, enough. Enough, Greg. Well, it's not lazy, it's just the math. Like, you're not getting it in your ear, Greg. Come on now. Went to Miami, Greg. Come on, Greg. Talk to us. So, it's just, the thing that bothers me the most is everybody treats this as the end-all, be-all. 
that these games are played by robots in spreadsheets in Excel. They're not. They're played by humans on grass and turf. So that's all I got to say about that. So that's number two. Number three, Bulls doesn't call the timeout. Now, I'm getting phone calls. I'm getting text messages last uh, on Sunday. People are like, what the hell is wrong with him? He doesn't call timeout. Da, da, da. You got to look back at a couple things here. One, Bulls and Campbell have known each other for a long time. I know people are going to start screaming, who cares? It's the playoffs. You got to beat the other guy. I'm just telling you, they've known each other for a long time. Parcells got, okay, so here's the Bulls quote. After he doesn't call a timeout. Quote, they already had a field goal and lined up, and it would have been uh, 12 seconds left in the game. We weren't going to come back from that. No sense in prolonging the obvious. Dan Campbell, quote, we didn't handle that whole thing well on our end. We should have bled it more than we did. Look, I'll be the first to admit it. That's on me. We knew they had a timeout, and I could tell he wasn't going to call it, and so that's just how it ended. All right, so those are the quotes from the coaches. Now, you can look at this a couple ways. The Lions, once Bulls didn't call the first time out, Goff was like, I'm just going to snap this thing and get it over with. He didn't bleed the clock. So the fact that they have that time at the end where people are like, call the timeout, is because that played out. If Bulls calls the timeout first, it plays out differently. Now, could the Lions have theoretically lined up for that field goal? Sure. I don't think in any world they line up for a field goal or punt anything. I would think, and I said this on Sunday, and I've said this to some other people, I would have handed it off to Gibbs and told him to run backwards, waste as much clock as you can, and walk out of the back of the end zone. We'll take the safety, and we'll punt it. If there's any time left, make a tackle, game's over. He's not going to throw the ball up in the air. They're not going to kick a field goal or punt to try to get it blocked. I would think they would hand it to Gibbs and tell him to run backwards. Don't get caught. If you're going to get caught, run out of the back of the end zone for the safety until the clock's run out kind of a thing. That's what I think the play would have been. I don't think they would have lined up for the field goal. Now, we don't get to that situation because Bulls doesn't call the timeout, but I think that's what the situation would have been. And also, the fact that they do go for the uh, two-point, they don't get it. Bait gets picked off. They have the one timeout left. Once they don't call it on first down, I think Goff and, and Campbell realized they weren't going to call it, so he just kind of just snapped it when he snapped it. If they call the timeout after the third, I, again, still, I don't, depending on how much clock there is, I w- wouldn't see and I wouldn't believe them kicking a field goal there to get it blocked and ran, and, and ran back. So I, I just, I think you would have given it to Gibbs and told him to run backwards, that kind of thing. I don't think they were ever going to kick a ball there so I can understand Tampa fans being like, we're taking a timeout into the office. Kind of like how Packer fans were upset. I can understand it. My point is I think the coaches have known each other for a long time. I think Bulls, and he already said it, we're not going to prolong the obvious because he would have thought they would have kicked the field goal. I don't think they would have kicked the field goal, but I don't think they were getting the ball back kind of a thing. Okay? Um, so those are the two decisions from that game with the most talking points. And then – we get to Chiefs Bills. And there's some things I could go on here, but I really want to key in on one. And I saw this tweet. I don't know who, who sent it, so I, I'm, I'm so sorry that I can't give you credit. But I saw a tweet that said, McDermott thought he was in a Disney movie with the Hamlin fake punt. And honestly, that's the only explanation I can think of. Because I, I get, you know, here's his quote, McDermott. We felt good about it. We, the Bills, felt good about the fake. 
going into the week, so I understand what you're saying about keeping Josh out there. It's just like we had we were on the field in relation to the element of the surprise in that situation. Obviously, we didn't execute it. So, what you're reading and what I'm seeing, you know, what I'm reading and what I'm seeing um, in the aftermath of this game on Monday is that the Chiefs didn't have 11 guys on the field. It was kind of like a check with me, but it was also called from the sideline where Hamlin's going to take off and uh, run, and he doesn't get it, obviously. Point being here for me, if you're going to try to extend a drive, wouldn't you want to extend the drive with your best player and call on your best play on a fourth and five instead of trying with a, a guy who's been inactive half the season, run a fake punt with him? I don't know. That's just me. And I, I get I get the element of surprise. I don't think there's any surprise of a, a, a postseason fake punt. Because I'm pretty sure every special teams coach in the league is like, hmm, we got to try to steal possession. Hmm, how are we going to try to do that? Well, we got to be aware of the other team trying to steal possession. So, Every punt, we got to be on high alert. We got to put our best uh, defenders out there on punt. And even though we, we want to set up returns, we have to secure that they are going to kick the football before we try to set up a return. So the idea of, hey, let's try to fake a punt here. You want to do that in week four in a throwaway game to maybe set this idea up later in the season? Fine. The idea that you take your best player on the, off the field and you say, hey, we're going to try to get you back out there. We're going to run a fake punt with DeMar Hamlin. To me, that's insane. And I understand it didn't work, so I can say this thing. But even if it did work, I would still say it was insane. Because you have this battle going on with your quarterback. And he's trying to will his team in. And you're going to take the ball out of his hands in one of the biggest plays of the game just so you can try to get it back in his hands after it. To me, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So, uh, and McDermott, to be honest, he's had some questionable coaching decisions the last few years in big spots. And this fake punt is going to go up there. It's one of them, for sure. For sure. Because, you know, not only because it's Hamlin, but what the hell are you doing? And I understand the Chiefs still fumble, so it doesn't bite them. But, you know, it certainly didn't help them. It doesn't put them in a great spot. I don't know. So those are the four I looked at and, and went into detail on and looked up some quotes and, 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 see, and saw some of the reactions. So that's what I wanted to do in the kickoff. All right, let's recap the games now. Start with Houston and Baltimore. Baltimore wins it 34-10. to Texans won the toss, took the ball, went three and out. So not the best start to the game. Lamar. Hit Flowers for a first down, then he hit Beckham for a chunk play, and then third and 12, the completion comes up short, so Tucker, 53-yard field goal, bangs it, 3-0 Ravens. Stroud, the Singletary for 11, and a first down, then third and 80, hit Singletary on like a kind of wheel route where he, he got out of the pocket for 26. Grounding on second, a false start on third and 21, an incompletion, they got a punt. Ravens go three and out, it's a bad punt, so the Texans are on the Ravens' side of the field. Third and 10, Stroud to Collins for the conversion. Stroud hits Schultz for 21. Then he's nearly picked. Third and eight, false start, turns into third and 13. Incompletion, Fairbairn from 50, ties the game 3-3. Lamar, next time they get it, scrambles for 23 to get the drive started. He hits Flowers for 17. 
Then a third and one. Edwards converts it. Third and five. Lamar scrambles for 15. That set up goal to go. Then he finds Aguilar for a touchdown. Ravens up 10-3. Texans go three and out. Ravens then facing a third and 11 becomes a third and six. But then a third and 11 again. Three and out. The punt. And here's the big play in the game because Sims ran it back for a touchdown. Tied at 10, just like that. Ravens go three and out. So here's an opportunity for the Texans. Third and eight becomes third and 13 after another pre-snap Texans penalty. Stroud to Collins. They convert. They connect again for another chunk play. Drive stalls there. Fairbairn to take the lead. Missed field goal. Lamar gets sacked. Ravens punt. Texans take it into the half. Tied at 10. And then it was all Ravens. The first three drives of the second half, they scored touchdowns. Big kickoff return out to the 45. Lamar to likely chuck play. He hits Bateman for a first down. He's nearly picked off. And then the next play, it's Lamar draw touchdown. So these plays, guys, that people don't make, they are so under the microscope. Because if you have an opportunity to get an interception, you got to get an interception. And when you don't get that interception and the next play they score and take the lead, that's backbreaking. That's backbreaking. So, Ravens up 17-10. Third and six for Stroud. He gets Schultz for seven. Holding on the Ravens for another first down. Singletary runs for 16. A sack backs them up. So, they're faced with third and 15. Incomple uh, completion for only one. Texans punt. Lamar hits Bateman for 21. Fourth and one, they go for it. Lamar runs for 14. He hits Hill for 11 out of the backfield. Third and two, he hits Hill to convert again. And then to the tight end, likely for the touchdown. Ravens 24, Texans 10. Texans get one first down, but then a third and five incompletion. They punt again. Lamar for 10 and a first down. Hill for 14 on the ground. Cook with a big run for 19. Third and seven, Lamar to Flowers. That kept the drive alive. And then another Lamar rushing touchdown made it 31-10. Texans fourth and six. Stroud is incomplete. They turn around downs. Ravens third and five run short. Fourth and three. Hill for five. They went for it again. Third and 11 is a run. Fourth and 14, Tucker field goal. So that's how it's 34-10, and the Texans end up running out the clock. And really for the Texans, too many pre-snap penalties. They did not do enough offensively. Defensively, they kept their team in it, even 17-10, you know, and even theoretically 24-10, it's only two touchdowns, and you have a, a bunch of the second half to play, but they never really got it going offensively. Um, and you got to give the Raven defense credit. And you got to give Lamar credit. They was great in the second half. They were terrible in the first half. So don't let anybody tell you he played great for 60 minutes because he didn't. So don't let you don't let that narrative get going. All right, third down. Baltimore is 4 of 12, 2 for 2 on fourth. Houston was also 4 of 12, 0 for 1 on fourth. Red zone, Ravens, five trips, four touchdowns, one field goal. Houston, no trips to the red zone. No turnovers in the game. Special teams, you had the punt return touchdown. Uh, the Fairbairn missed kick. Uh, Tucker made his kicks sudden change. The Fairbairn missed field goal. Did not give the Texans a lead or possibly the lead at halftime. I think that really changed the game because say the Ravens come out, still get that first touchdown. It's not seven. You know, it's four. You're still in the game kind of a thing. But unfortunately, when you miss that field goal and it's 10-10 and Lamar goes on a tie rate at halftime, that fired his team up to play and come out for the second half. And that's what they did. Give them credit. They played really well in that second half for sure. Three touchdowns, three uh, three drives, three touchdowns, the first three possessions. All right, the nightcap on Saturday. Green Bay went out to Santa Clara to take on the San Francisco 49ers, and the Niners own them right now. They have their number. 
Shanahan has LaFleur's number. They win it 24-21. to Packers got it first. Third and three, Love hits Musgrave to convert. Then a third and one, uh, Jones run um, to keep the drive alive. Jones then hits a run for 10. Third and six, DPI into the red zone. Third and seven, incompletion. Carlson field goal, good. 3-0 Packers. Debo ran for a first down. Purdy almost got picked. Debo got hurt. Third and six, Purdy sack. Niners punt. DPI gets a drive going for the Packers. Third and six, again, love to Dobbs for 37 and a big play. Then he hits Wilson for a first down. Third and one, stuffed. Fourth and one, love sneaks, but he gets stood up. Turnover on downs. Third and one, Purdy sneaks. Then McCaffrey runs for a first down. Purdy to Jennings for 16. He hits Ayuk for another first down. Third and five, Purdy to Kittle. Touchdown. Great throw. Great throw on that. Niners in front, 7-3. Here come the pack. Love to read. Chunk play to start the drive. Jones runs for a first down. Third and seven. Love to Dobbs for 22. That set up goal to go. Third and goal. Incomplete. Another Carlson field goal. 7-6. Niners. Purdy hits Jennings. Catch and run for a first down. Then he dumps it off to McCaffrey for another set of downs. Purdy to Jennings. To keep the chains going. Third and two. Incompletion. Moody field goal gets blocked. Packers take it into the half. Down one. Seven. Six. Second half action. Niners face with a third and four. Incomplete. They punt. Third and one for the pack. Jones runs to convert it. Then another third and one. Love ruled short. Overturned to a first down. Third and 15. Deep ball. P.I. for 45 yards. Then he hits Melton. Bo Melton out of Rutgers for a touchdown. Packers in front. 13 to seven. Niners. Third and six. Purdy to Kittle. Long run after the catch. He ran somebody over for the conversion. Then a McCaffrey 39-yard touchdown scamper. 14-13. Niners back in front. Nixon, huge return on the ensuing kickoff. Ball gets punched out, but the Packers instantly recover. And they're into the red zone. Love to Dobbs for 15. That set up goal to go. Love to Kraft. Touchdown. Two-point play. Love to Jones. Good. Packers in front. 21-14. Niners get pinned in due to a Williams shove. Coming out of the kickoff. Third and five incomplete. Could have been picked. Niners punt. Third and 11 for Love. He's picked off on a tip pass. So here come the Niners. Third and nine. Purdy to Ayuk for 12. Third and 10. Purdy sacked. Moody 52-yard field goal. Cuts it to 21-17. Packers. Third and two. Almost picked again. So they go three and out with a punt. McCaffrey runs for a first down. Then third and 10. Purdy to Jennings for 21. Third and 10 again. Incomplete. They punt from the plus 40. Jones, a 53-yard run out of their own end. Wilson runs for a first down. Then third and nine, Love incomplete. Carlson trots out there to make it a seven-point game. Wide left. And I told you during the preview, he was going to miss a kick. So hopefully you listen to that. Um, Niners take over, throw in 31. Third and one, Purdy sneaks for it. Third and five, Purdy Ayuk for the conversion. Then he hits Conley for 17. McCaffrey runs for a first down. Then third and one, McCaffrey touchdown. 24-21. So Green Bay has three timeouts, 107 left after the kickoff touchback. Third and two, love to Musgrave to convert, and then love with one of the cardinal sins you'll ever see. And it was literally almost identical, shout out my cousin Vinny, to a Brett Favre interception that ended the NFC Championship game when he was at the Vikings against the Saints. Huck one to the middle of the field and hope your guy comes down with it. Listen, Love's going to learn because he's got timeouts. They only need 20-plus yards to put it in the kicker's foot again, and I understand you might not want to do that, but that's what you got to do down three. You got to say, hey, we got to get in field goal range, and we got to let this kid kick a field goal when we try to go to overtime. 
Instead, I really, really do not understand why he's throwing that ball in the middle of the field. It must be something about that helmet and the, and that uniform that you're just like, I'm just going to huck one sometimes. Like, I, I really, really, truly did not understand the decision there. You got to live to see another down. It's not fourth down. There's time left. You have timeouts. You cannot make that throw in that situation. Cannot do it. Cannot do it. And I understand if it just falls incomplete, they do live to fight another day. Huck the ball out of bounds, son. Throw the ball 25 yards, 25 rows up into the stands. You cannot get picked off there. You can't do it. You can't do it. So that's how that one ended. Niners seal it with the kneel down. So let's go to the numbers. Niners were really good on third down. 10 of 16 on third down. Packers weren't bad either. 7 to 13, 0 for 1 on fourth. So basically almost 50%. Uh, red zone, Niners, one trip, one touchdown. Packers, five trips, two touchdowns, two field goals, one turnover on downs. You look at the red zone inefficiency for Green Bay, and that is how they lost this game. I understand the two love picks. One at the end was the big one, right? I understand. But you look at their red zone. One of those field goals is a touchdown. We're looking at a completely different game. You can't stall in the red zone. You want to kick 45, 50 yarders and your guy can make them? Fine. That's kind of stealing points, right, instead of punting. Inside the 20, you got to score touchdowns. Turnovers, the two love picks. Special teams, Moody had a block kick. Nixon had the crazy kickoff return, and then Carlson had the big miss down the stretch. So special teams, huge factor again, always. Uh, sudden change in this one. The field goal blocked to end the half. Uh, he had a DPI for 40-plus yards, and the next play, Love threw the touchdown to Melton, I'm pretty sure. And then the Love pick to the Moody field goal. Um, the first pick. So... That was Saturday night. The Niners move on, and they're going to play the Detroit Lions, who beat Tampa on Sunday, 31-23. Lions won the toss, got a first three, uh, third and three, incomplete, so they punt. White ran for 16 and a first down, then they got a third and 17 after a sack. Bake pissed, uh, pass tipped up into the air and picked off. Holding gave the Lions a first down, then Goff hit Williams for 11. Tack on a face mask, they set up goal to go, but... Goff nearly picked off. Then third and goal. Montgomery got stuffed. It leads to a Badgley field goal. Lions on the board first. Three nothing. Bucks then facing a third and two. Baked to Evans for 18. Then he hits Palmer for 23. So chunk plays for the Bucks. Baked sacked again. They get some yards back. McLaughlin long field goal. Three to three. Third and shot short. Goff sneaks it. Third and two. Goff to St. Brown for the first down. Third and four. Goff to Laporta for 13. They connect again for 15 into the red zone. Third and five, Goff, Reynolds, touchdown under the crossbar. Lions in front, 10-3. OPI backs the Bucks up nearly at the first down on third and long, but they end up punting. Goff to Laporta for a first down, but then third and 10, Goff's incomplete, so they punt it back. Bake to Evans for 22. Third and six, Bake to White for the first down. He hits Otten on the run for 15. Then third and five, incomplete. McLaughlin, 50-yard field goal off the upright and out. Third and one, Goff sacks to the Lions punt. Bucks get it back. Three timeouts, 127 left at their own eight. White runs for a first down. Bake on the keeper for 14. He hits Evans for 27. Then the goal ball down the sideline for 29. That set up goal to go. Bake, Otten, touchdown, 10-10. Lions take it into the half. So the Bucks ball, first possession of the second half. Bake to Godwin for 12. White runs for 14. Third and four, Bake sacks. So they're out of field goal range. They end up punting. Third and 10 for the Lions. Goff to Reynolds for 25. Comes back on a chop block. Correct call. 
Correct call. Uh, third and 17, Goff to Laporta, short of the sticks of the Lions punt. Bucks three and out after they face the third and long incompletion. Lions, third and one, Goff to right for 29, the other tight end. Goff to Laporta for another first down. He hits St. Brown to set up goal to go. Third and goal incomplete. Fourth and goal, they run Craig Reynolds, and he scores. The third back. Lions, 17 to 10. Defensive holding gets the next Bucks drive started. Bake to Otten first down. Bake avoids a sack, then fires to Otten on the sideline for 13. A hell of a play by Mayfield. He hits Otten again for 27 into the red zone. Third and 10, Bake, White, screen. Nobody there to tackle Rashawn White out of the backfield for the screen. He walks into the end zone, 17 up. We got a great game going in Detroit. Goff to Gibbs for a first down. Goff hits Reynolds for another chunk play. Gibbs, 31-yard touchdown run. Lions, 24, Bucks 17. Bucks then went three and out. They had a third and 10. Bake to White completion came up short of the line to gain, so they're forced to punt. Goff to Montgomery for 11. He hits Jamison Williams for 24. He gets sacked on second down, so it's third and 15. He hits St. Brown to convert it. Then he hits Gibbs for 20. A Gibbs run sets up. Goal to go, and then Goff, St. Brown, touchdown. Lions, 31-17. Tampa's not going to give up, though. Bake to Godwin, first down. Then third and 14, incomplete. Fourth and 14 to keep the game alive. Bake Evans, conversion. Bake to Moore for another first down. He hits Godwin into the red zone. Then he throws to Evans. Touchdown. Here they go. They go for two. Down eight. They don't get it. Bake to Evans incomplete on the fade ball. So Lions 31-23. 4.37 left to play at this point. Goff to St. Brown for a first down. Montgomery runs for 11, but then Goff sacked. Hands to the face call for another first down on the Bucks, but a negative play on second down. Third and 11, they choose to throw it incomplete. So the Bucks save a timeout there, but they end up losing the two-minute warning with what happened after the punt. So Bucks get it back, 159 at their own 10-yard line, and then Bake picked off to end it. Goff kneels it. We talked about the timing already. So a tough loss for the Bucks, a gritty, gritty win for the Lions, and a really good game, I thought. Go to the numbers, third down, Lions 6 of 14, 1 of 1. On fourth down, Bucks four of 12, 101 on fourth down. Red zone, Lions, three, uh, four trips, three touchdowns, one field goal. Bucks did a great job, three trips, three touchdowns. They couldn't get there a fourth time. Bucks turnovers, Bake picked on the first Bucks possession. Bake picked off to end it on the last Bucks possession. He had the missed field goal on special teams. And then really the Bake pick to the Detroit field goal was early in the game. It's when the sun changed. And that set us up for Sunday evening. Mahomes and the Chiefs headed to Buffalo to take on Allen and the Bills. What a game it was. KC wins it 27-24. Chiefs won the toss. They deferred, so Bills ball first. Allen the digs. He fumbles, but the ball goes out of bounds. It got called batting by Kincaid. It was just the right call because he did purposely bat it out. It wasn't like he was reaching for it. He smashed that thing out of bounds. So it's third and 17. Allen runs. They lateral it to Johnson. Comes up just short. Fourth and one. Allen sneaks for it. And they probably should have reviewed that because it was a forward pass the lateral. But uh, Chiefs couldn't get it buzzed down in time to Andy Reid to throw the challenge flag. So um, Cook run. He fumbles, but he's ruled down correctly. So third and five. Allen to Kincaid for 15. And the conversion. Diggs end around for a first down. Allen to Kincaid for another first down. And then third and eight. Allen pass knockdown. So it sets up a bass field goal. Bills on the board. Three nothing. Mahomes to Rice. For 26, he hits Kelsey for 14. Third and five, Mahomes incomplete. Bucker long field goal ties the game at three. 
Allen to Shakir, first down. Allen hits Johnson out of the backfield for 14. Johnson then runs for a first down, as does Cook. Cook does it again, and it sets up a Josh Allen touchdown run. 10-3 Bills. Pacheco runs for a first down for the Chiefs. Then Mahomes hits Kelsey for 29 in a big play. Holding for a first down. Then third and six, Mahomes hits Rice. That setup goal to go. Hardman end around. He fumbles, recovered by the Chiefs. Third and goal, incomplete. Butker field goal cuts the Bills' lead to 10-6. Bills, three in, uh, third and eight. Allen to Shakir, short of the line to gain, so they pump. Mahomes to Gray for 12. Edwards-Hilaire runs for 28. Then Mahomes, Kelsey, touchdown. He throws the heart up to Taylor Swift in the suite. KC in front, 13-10. Cooks, Cook runs for a first down. Allen hits Diggs for 15. Allen to Murray, first down. Allen scrambles for 18 into the red zone. Then a face with third and five. Allen to Shakir first down, and then an Allen touchdown run, 17-13, Bills back in front. Chiefs take it into the half, down four. They start the ball with the third quarter. Mahomes to Valdez, Scantling for 30, one of his big plays in the game. Mahomes, huge scramble for 24. I told you, every playoff game, guys, he's going to run at some point for a big, big shifting momentum play. That's just what he's going to do. Um, and he did it there for 24, and he gets some extra yards. Mahomes to Pacheco for 14. That set up goal to go. Mahomes back to Kelsey. Casey back in front, 22-17. Third and one run for Johnson. Convert. Cook then runs for a first down. About to be third and long, but an illegal use of the hands call on KC gives the Bills another first down. Cook runs for another first down. Third and two. Johnson, a big run to the five-yard line. Goal to go. Third and goal. They get a delay of game that backs them up, and then all Josh Allen does is fire a ball to Shakir on the near side pylon. I mean, what a great throw this was. Give him credit uh, when they got backed up, trying to go in. Buffalo back in front, 24-20. to 20. This game rules. I think I tweeted it at this point. Uh, Mahomes to Kelsey for a first down. Pacheco ran for a first down. Mahomes, Valdez scaling this time for 32 yards in a big play. Mahomes to Rice, that set up goal to go. And then Isaiah Pacheco, another Rutgers guy, scoring a touchdown. Shout out him, shout out Bo Melton. Casey back in front, 27-24. Third and five, Allen pass tipped. Falls incomplete. Bills fake the punt. Hamlin is short, turnover on downs. Pacheco runs for 29, that sets up goal to go, but then they run this trick play where Hardman gets a pitch, ball rolls through the end zone. He tries to extend it from the four-yard line, one of the dumbest things you'll ever see, um, and it's overturned for a touchback, which is the right call. And I'm so tired of people complaining about this rule. I'm so tired. The offense has 9,000 advantages in this dumb sport. Can the defense have one thing? Can the defense have one thing? That's all I'm asking. Are they allowed to have one thing? Okay? So, I'm just telling you that. I, I don't want to hear about people complaining about the touchback rule. It's one of the best rules in all of sports. Literally one of the best rules in all of sports. So dumb, these people. So so you should just be so you can just throw the ball and try to stretch it out from the five yard. Ah, we'll just get it back at this point in the possession. What's the difference? Come on, what are we doing here? How are we going to reward fumbling? And people are like, well, it's rewarded if it goes out of bounds. That's in the field of play. We can't. The football has to be played within lines and boundaries, guys. Because otherwise, why don't we just go into a meadow in the middle of Iowa, cut the corn down, and we just play it out there and mark some lines up and we'll figure it out, the rules, as we go along. Okay? Please. Please with these people. The offense has 9,000 things for them. Enough. Enough. 
So we get the touchback. Bills, third and 12. Allen, deep shot, incomplete. So the Chiefs get it back. Third and six. DPI keeps their drive going. Third and 10. Mahomes runs for a small game. They end up punting. So here comes Allen and the Bills. Third and three. Allen's a Knox for a first down. Allen runs for a first down. Uh, he fumbles. Bills recover. Fourth and three. Allen to Shakir for 10. Third and four. Allen to Shearfield for seven. Third and nine. Allen incomplete. So they trot Bass out for a 44-yard field goal that would tie the game. And guess what, folks? Wide right again for Buffalo. KC takes over. 143 left. Pacheco for eight. Timeout Buffalo. Pacheco runs for another first down to seal it. And that's how that one ended. Chiefs 27. Bills 24. Look at the numbers. Third down. KC one of five. Bills did a great job getting the third down. Uh, in third down, they did a great job of getting off the field. Problem was, they didn't get to a lot of third downs for the KC offense. Bills 7 of 14, 2 of 3 on fourth down. Red zone, Chiefs four trips, two touchdowns, one field goal, one fumble. Bills four trips, three touchdowns, one field goal. So it almost bought uh, Big KC in the butt. The one turnover, the Hardman fumble. Special teams, Bills fake a punt and miss a field goal. I mean, it's just, it's an important phase of the game. And when you blow it like that, it's just a really bad job. It's a really bad job. Um, and really the fake punt into the touchback, I would say, is some of the sudden change that didn't result in any scores but could have been insane um, with what happened there. So I, I just – it just – it's it's very interesting. It's very interesting how that played out down the stretch for sure. Um, but, yeah, so we get another classic in that rivalry. Mahomes and the Chiefs beat him in the playoffs, and Allen and, and company can't get over the hump. They can't get over the hump of the Kansas City Chiefs. Great division around weekend. I thought besides the Raven game, the three other games were competitive and really good. And even into the, fir the first half of the Raven game was pretty competitive. But uh, you can see the Texans are just a little too young. A little too young. And Lamar was good. Give Lamar credit. All right. NFL coaching carousel. The Cowboys are keeping McCarthy. I, I really don't want to go. Um, I really don't want to get upset about this because I've been upset for a long time about this when you have some of the greatest coaches some of the best coaches out there and you're going to stick with this clown I think it's just uh, it shows how unserious you are about winning and it's it's a disgrace so that's really all I'm going to say about that uh the Raiders did the right thing in bringing in Antonio Pierce I I thought that was the right thing I thought he earned that job um give him credit he had them playing better than McDaniels did he had them fighting he had them you know playing tough and I don't know if Aiden O'Connell is his guy going forward but He's got a lot of talented guys on that roster if they can figure it out. You know, Max Crosby is a hell of a player. Hell of a football player. So kudos to the Raiders for doing the right thing in, in bringing in Antonio Pierce to be the head coach. Carolina, Chargers, Atlanta, Washington, Seattle, the opening still because it seems like Tennessee is the done deal with Brian Callahan, the Cincinnati OC. Seems like he'll get his first job in Tennessee as the head man. You're hearing about Belichick to Atlanta. Um you're hearing about the Lions OC to Washington, possibly. So those are some of the things that you're hearing about the coaching carousel. All right, Weekend Saga recap. Arsenal beat Crystal Palace 5-0. Gabrielle, the defender, got the scoring starter and own goal, made it 2-0. Trossard got Arsenal's third, and then Martinelli came on and got a brace and then stopped the time for himself. Brentford Forest. Brentford went a 3-2. Oliveira, the opener for Forest. Tony with a free kick. Golasso for Brentford in his return. He was the captain. Uh, 
Me made it 2-1. Brentford Wood leveled it 2-2, but then Maupay, the winner for the beats. Chevy United, West Ham, 2-2. This one was crazy. Cornette scored for West Ham. Brenton Diaz scored in his Premier League debut for Sheffield United. A Ward-Prowse penalty gave West Ham a 2-1 lead, but then in stoppage time, Brewster got sent off for Sheffield United, straight red. Kufau got sent off, two yellows for West Ham. Then ball into the box, Ariola clobbers, clobbers the Sheffield United players. They rule a penalty. He gets hurt. Fabianski comes on. And McBurnley scores the pen. Latest goal scored in the Premier League history. 2-2. That one finished. Bournemouth and Liverpool. Liverpool went at 4-0. Nunez, Jota brace. Nunez for his brace. The goal scores for Liverpool. And then on Monday, Brighton Wolves finished 0-0. Which is kind of shocking from those two teams. Not getting a goal from that game. You know, let alone multiple goals. Because Brighton really haven't kept a ton of, ton of clean sheets. And they haven't had a ton of clean sheets kept against them. So, there you go there. La Liga, Real Madrid were down 2-0 to one of the worst teams in the league, and they end up winning 3-2. Bellingham, Vinicius, Carvajal, the stoppage time winner. A lot of people talking about the referees in that one. I'm um, not shocked because it's Real Madrid, so that's what happens with that. Then you had Barcelona uh, win against Real Betis 4-2. Torres had a brace. Jao had a goal, and then Torres for his hat trick. And Atletico beat Granada 1-0 on a Morata goal. Serie A. AC Milan beat Udinese 3-2. Mannion, the goalkeeper for AC Milan, was racially abused, so they stopped the game. Uh, it's a good job by the AC Milan guys to support their keeper and have him come off the pitch. I thought that was a good job by all. Um, and then Milan win it in the 90th minute. I did see a clip, and this is an old clip from Don Robbie from Arsenal Fan TV, but he had a good idea of like, okay, you want to have the first instant, you want to stop this stuff, and you really, like, the, the sad thing is he's kind of right, but he's like, you want to stop it, you start deducting points. Your fans are racist, 10 points off your team. And that would stop it. And I and I, I think it would. I think he's right. I really think he's right. I do. So hopefully we can come to a decision with that. Uh, Juve beat Lecce 3-0. Vlahovic brace and a Bremen goal. It was uh, Weston McKinney assist, if I'm not mistaken. And one of those Vlahovic's goals. Bundesliga, Dortmund beat Klon, uh 4-0. Amal and brace, Fulkrug, Penn, Mukaku a goal. Leipzig lose to Leverkusen 3-2. A stoppage time winner for Leverkusen. Stop me if you heard that before for Xavi Alonso and his magical Leverkusen run. And then Munich lose to Bremen 1-0. So the Harry Kane guaranteed trophy competition doesn't seem like it's a guaranteed win right now for Harry Kane. Uh, Ligue 1, PSG beat Brest 2-0 and Bappe a goal scorer. All right, midweek soccer, you got the second legs of the Carabao Cup. Chelsea down a goal. They're going back to the bridge, though, and taking on Middlesbrough. Liverpool travel to Craven Cottage uh, up 2-1 in aggregate. And then you got Munich-Berlin, a midweek match in um, Germany. College basketball, some games this week. You got Texas-Oklahoma. Michigan plays Purdue. Michigan's got to be better, uh, but they're in trouble. Houston-BYU's a ranked game, and you got Auburn-Bama as well. That's always exciting. The Iron Bowl coming to the hardwood. All right, golf real quick. Nick Dunlap wins the Amex out PGA West. First amateur to win since 1991, which was Phil Mickelson, who, ugh, I hate that. That's Phil, but at least now there's another amateur that has won, and we don't have to say Phil Mickelson's the last amateur to win on tour anymore, which is good. So that's a good thing going forward. Phil gets a record taken away from him. Good. Loser. Um, I'll say this about golf. I am worried about the sport when it comes to the professional game with what's happening. Um, 
but I, I don't want to give live and all that kind of stuff more attention. I really don't. I want to. I don't want to talk about it because it's just it's gonna get me fired up and it's disgusting what they're doing. So, sports washing is really bad, guys. It's really bad, and and so many people have just accepted it in golf. Like so many writers I see, like Dan Rappaport from Barstool, the way he tweets is just like, dude, you got sports washed. I want to know what they're paying you. The way you tweet about live, honestly, what a joke. Uh, but congratulations, Nick Dumlau, the Alabama sophomore, twenty-year-old, first AM to win on tour since nineteen ninety-one. That's that's really special. Give him credit. Um, all right. So on Thursday's show, we'll have a full um, weekend soccer preview, of course. But really, we got a conference championship showdown, and we will preview the two games. You got. Detroit headed out to Santa Clara to take on the Niners. Then you got the Kansas City Chiefs going down to Baltimore to try to get to another Super Bowl to stop Lamar from getting to his first. So a gigantic weekend in the NFL. We will preview it all on Thursday's show. Can't wait for them. And until then, everybody have a great week. Peace. Football, football, and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.